continue the series on predestined to his purpose, which is a series that looks at the doctrine of predestination that is revealed to us primarily in the New Testament through the writings of the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter. And uh, we have reached a point in the, the series that we need to be discussing the doctrine of the foreknowledge of God. Um, because the doctrine of predestination, whenever it is mentioned in Scripture, is always linked to the concept of the foreknowledge of God. And so, in order for us to discuss this concept um, as real test in Scripture, there's uh, certain aspects around the foreknowledge of God that we need to understand first. Um, the foreknowledge of God is revealed to us through the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8, verse 9. He mentions it, and then the Apostle Peter also mentions it in 1 Peter 1, 2. And so there are basically two aspects to the foreknowledge of God. The first aspect is the fact that God um, knows everything about his creations before he ever creates them. And so he knows his creations intimately before he ever creates them. That is, that is um, the one aspect of the foreknowledge of God. The second aspect of the foreknowledge of God is that God knows all of the future of his creations. And so when it comes to uh, the doctrine of predestination and the scripture always linking uh, that doctrine to the foreknowledge of God, it is in fact linking predestination to the first aspect of the foreknowledge of God. In other words, um, based on the fact that God knows his creation intimately he then predestines his creation and so it's not a case of God knows all of the future of his creation and thus he predestines not at all it doesn't work in that um, manner at all God doesn't place the cart before the horse and so the way that it works is that God first knows everything about his creation he then predestines his creation accordingly based on his intimate knowledge of who they really are and what they will do and how they will use the free will that he has given to them and what based on his predestination of their lives he then knows all of their future and it is only at that point that God then physically creates a person and places that person then into his creation and so that's the sequence of events that God follows when he creates us based on his foreknowledge of us. And so foreknowledge, uh, when it's linked to the, the doctrine of predestination, is always looking at the aspect of God's foreknowledge of his creation, meaning God's intimate knowledge of his creation um, and every aspect about them. And that's something we need to understand uh, as we look at this particular aspect of um, the foreknowledge of God. And so we saw in, in, in a previous uh, teaching that God decides who can and cannot be saved. And then we had a look at the reasons and we saw there were three main reasons as to why it is that God decides who can and cannot be saved. And it, we said it, it is God looks at those who are prepared to have fellowship with him, to worship him and submit themselves to him as an act of their free wills. And so... Uh, God knows us intimately and because of his foreknowledge about his creation he knows which of his creations 
will submit to him of their own free will, which of his creations will worship him um, in spirit and in truth, and which of his creations will choose to have fellowship with him and which will not. And so it was based on that foreknowledge that God has about his creation that he is then able to make the decision justly as to who can and who cannot be saved. But it all hinges on the foreknowledge of God. Now, we need to understand with regards to the foreknowledge of God is that God knows everything about all of his creation from eternity. And so God's understanding and knowledge of us, his intimate knowledge of us, uh, takes place millennia before we are ever created and placed into his creation. Uh, for God exists from eternity. And so predestination takes place from the beginning of time, before time begins. That, we, that is when God predestines. And so before God predestines, God foreknows. And so right from the very outset, uh, God looks upon us before we were physically created uh, because God is able to do that. He's God. He, he is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. Uh, God just is almighty. And so he looks at us from eternity into eternity. Because don't forget, God is interested in how his creation will respond to him in a perfect environment throughout eternity. Think about Lucifer. Um, when Lucifer sinned, the Bible says, iniquity, he was perfect in all of his ways. God created him as a perfect being until iniquity was found in him. And then he sinned. Now, that act of sin that Lucifer committed against God was not something that took God by surprise. God never expected that uh, Lucifer to do what he did. Not at all. Before Lucifer had been created, God had already searched his heart, and God knew what he would do. And so God predestined Lucifer to do what he did, and this, the whole of God's creation is all predestined by God. For Scripture tells us very plainly that God works all things together according to the counsel of his will, which is one of the reasons why God can tell us all of the future. For he is the one who predestines the future. And we need to get our minds around the concept that God knows everything from eternity. And so from, uh, from eternity, each one of uh, mankind, every one of his creations, God knows us intimately. And based on his foreknowledge of us, then God predestines our lives accordingly. Because God predestines our lives, God then knows all of our future. And then and only then does God physically create us when he wants to. Um, as we said, from the beginning of time, before time begins, that's when he knows us. But it's millions and millions and millions of years later that he then places each one of us into his creation. And then we um, walk in that which he has predestined for our lives. Now, something we need to understand about predestination, it is not um, it doesn't work on this wise, and I'm just throwing this point out now because it's not really part of the, today's teaching, but predestination is not a case of God um, predestines every step we take. Not at all. God predestines what we can become based on his foreknowledge of us. And so we're talking around uh, the concept of predestination as it pertains to the salvation of mankind. 
And so God decides who can and cannot be saved. But we'll see as we go through the series that just because God has predestined one for salvation does not necessarily mean that that person will be saved. And as we get into the series, you'll understand that concept. However, where God does predestine for destruction, it does mean that one who is predestined for destruction cannot be saved. There are, are certain criteria that God uh, gets completely involved in, and he doesn't uh, allow any kind of leeway in that point at all. But we'll get into it as we get into more points regarding this, this doctrine. But again, we need to understand that God searches our hearts before millions of years before we are physically created and placed into his creation and so God knows us intimately and based on his intimate knowledge of every aspect about us including the way that we will um, exercise our free will in the kingdom of God throughout all eternity that is then it's based on on that basis that God says all right this one can be saved and this one cannot and so for the one he says can be saved, God then predestines that person's life for salvation. For the one he says cannot be saved, he that, predestines that person's life for destruction. And as I say, God then obviously knows all of the future of all of our lives. And it is only at that point that God um, creates us and places us into his creation. And so as we have so far in this series, Every truth that we look at in, in, in the scriptures, we have looked at certain witnesses who, con, who um, testify of that particular truth to us. And we look at two or three witnesses, as the scripture says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And we're going to do that, that with this particular truth as well. The truth of the foreknowledge of God, God's foreknowing of his creation. And we're going to look at four witnesses uh, to establish this truth today. And the four witnesses are the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father, the Apostle James, and the Apostle Paul. And we'll see that all four witnesses say the same thing to us, that God knows us long before he ever creates us. And again, we need to get our minds around the concept of that knowledge. I'm talking about God's intimate knowledge of everything about us. Our, our inner thoughts, our, our deep inner um, thoughts that we have in our spirits, in our minds, uh, and the way that we will exercise the free will given to us by God. That is the intimate knowledge that God has of every one of his creations. And so we look at our Lord Jesus Christ first, and the passage of scripture we're going to read is Psalm 139, verse 1 through to 24. Um, we're going to read most of the psalm because in this particular psalm, um, our Lord Jesus Christ is speaking. It's a prophetic psalm um, given by the prophet David, but David is not speaking about himself. David is speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ, where in fact it is the Lord Jesus Christ who is uttering the prophetic word through his, his prophet. And the scripture says, and our Lord Jesus speaking, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You have known my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. 
You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more than the number of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. And so in this passage, uh, we see that Jesus is speaking about himself as the Son of Man and not as the Son of God. Because when our Lord Jesus Christ came to the earth, uh, the scriptures teach us in um, Philippians 2 7 that our Lord laid aside all of his godlike attributes and became a man. And so in this passage of scripture, um, through the prophet David, Jesus is telling us just how intimately God the Father knew him as a man. Not as the Son of God, but as the Son of Man. Because don't forget, when Jesus came into the earth, he came as the Son of Man, not as the Son of God. And so we know that this passage is speaking about our Lord Jesus, because David, uh, the prophet, was never skillfully wrought in the lowest part of the earth. But our Lord Jesus Christ was when God the Father raised him from the dead in the lowest part of the earth. And so this passage is definitely uh, referring to our Lord Jesus. And the reason that we looked at primarily most of that, that psalm, Psalm 139, is because in it, our Lord Jesus reveals to us just how intimately God the Father knew him um, before he ever became a man. Um, and so the, the scripture that says um, that God knew the thoughts of Jesus from afar uh, is more accurately translated long before. In other words, uh, from eternity, before Jesus ever became a man, God knew all of his thoughts as a man. And so, it, it, again, just highlights the truth for us as to just how intimately God knows all of his creation. And if God the Father knew his son, the son of, uh, of man, well, the son of God, obviously, became, becoming the son of man so intimately, he knows each one of the, the rest of his creations just as intimately, if not even more so, because um, God being God the Father and God the Son, um, you know, there, there is that dynamic added to it as well. 
And so we just need to understand that these passages of Scripture that we're looking at now just illustrate to us just very clearly just how intimately God knows us, including how each one of us will exercise the free will that He gives to us. And so that is really what we're extrapolating out of these Scriptures uh, as it pertains to the full knowledge of God. The second witness we're going to look at today is God the Father Himself. And the passage of Scripture we'll look at is in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 5. Scripture says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So God the Father is telling Jeremiah, and obviously he's speaking uh, through this passage to each one of us as well, for that which pertains to Jeremiah pertains to all of God's creation. And so he says to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, because don't forget it is God the Father who forms us in the womb before we are born. Um, but God says to Jeremiah, before I did that, I already knew you. And so when did God know Jeremiah? Well, it was from eternity, from the beginning of time, before the beginning of time. God knew Jeremiah intimately. And he says, before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And so God decided in eternity what he could do with Jeremiah based on his intimate knowledge of the, his creation, Jeremiah. Uh, he knew that uh, Jeremiah's um, inner depths of his heart. He knew everything about him. And because God knew everything about him, God was able to predestine his life in this direction. So it wasn't a case of just before Jeremiah was born that God decided, all right, this is what I'll do with Jeremiah. Not at all. Before time begins, it's at that point that God predestined the life of Jeremiah. And then millennia later, God then formed Jeremiah in his mother's womb, and God then birthed him into his creation, and Jeremiah was ordained as a prophet. But that predestination, that part of Jeremiah's life, that mapping out, so to speak, of Jeremiah's life, took place in eternity. And we need to understand that concept very clearly. And so that truth uh, pertains to every one of God's creations. And that is what we need to understand, that God knows us intimately before the beginning of time. The third witness we'll have a look at is the Apostle James. And the scripture we can pick up there is Acts chapter 15, verse 13 to 19. The scripture says, And after they had become silent, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. After this, I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up, so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does all these things. And then verse 18 is the clincher. Known to God, from when? From eternity are all his works. Therefore I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God. And so the Holy Spirit through his Apostle James tells us very clearly that when it is that God knows each one of his creations 
intimately. For when he says known to God are each one or all of his works, it's not a case of well God knows well these works are his and these works aren't his. For all of God's uh, all of the creation is God's works. God creates all things and everyone. So the point is he, that he's raising here is that God knows all of his works intimately because they are his works. And he says known to God from eternity are all of his works. And so it's right before the beginning of time that God knows each one of us intimately. He knows our inner thoughts, our in, the, um, the inner depths of our heart. He searches us millennia before he physically then creates us. And so we need to understand that the whole concept of predestination is based on the foundation of the foreknowledge of God. Because otherwise, don't forget, we said if God arbitrarily says, well, this one I will save, this one I will not save, that makes God unjust because there is no criteria that God uses except for, as some would have us believe, his sovereignty. Because he's God, he can choose to do whatever he likes. But we said no. The scripture is very plain to us uh, that there is no such thing as unrighteousness with God. There's no unjustness with God. And so for God to be just, he has to have a reason why he does what he does. And he said to us in the scriptures, we had a look at that, that God shows us that he does nothing without a reason that he does it. And so this is the reason why God chooses who can and cannot be saved. We gave the, also the, the, five, the three main reasons why God chooses. Um, we spoke about um, fellowship with God, uh, worshiping of God, and submission to God. And so in eternity, God looks at his creation long before he creates them and predestines their lives. Which of these uh, of my creation will fellowship with me willingly? Which of these will worship me willingly? Which of these will submit themselves to me willingly? Throughout all eternity in the, uh, the perfect environment and based on his knowledge of us and how we will exercise the free will that he gives to us, it is only on that knowledge that God then says, all right, well now, this one I will save, this one I will not save. And thus God is just in predestining one for salvation and predestining the other one for destruction. It's because God knows everything. It's a very simple and profound truth that we need to understand that God knows everything. There's nothing that God does not know, including all of the future. Um, Psalm 147 verse 5 uh, reveals that truth to us very clearly. And so we need to understand, once you have a, a, a clear grasp of that truth, then you have no problem with predestination because you understand the justness of God because everything he does is based on his foreknowledge before he goes ahead and does it. And then the final witness that we look at is uh, the Apostle Paul, and we pick that up in Romans chapter 8, verse 29. He says, For whom he foreknew, speaking about God, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And so the Apostle Paul reveals two uh, steps in God's pattern of creation here to us, uh, foreknowledge and predestination. But as you can see, he puts foreknowledge first, because he, he says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined. And so God never predestines without first foreknowledge. So God always looks at the person, and based on his intimate knowledge of that person, God then predestines that person's life accordingly. 
And so we see very clearly in uh, all of these passages that we've looked at, all four witnesses say to us the same thing. And that is that God uh, foreknows all of his creation before he predestines. So God does not just arbitrarily as an act of his sovereignty go ahead and predestine individual lives. Not at all. God always looks upon the individual, looks upon the heart. Recall when Samuel was anointing David as king and all of David's brothers were brought before Samuel and you know, Samuel looked at the outward appearance and, and said to himself, surely the Lord's anointed stands before me. And God's answer to Samuel was, uh-uh, God doesn't look up as man looks upon the outward appearance. God looks upon the heart. And so it, when does God look upon our heart? He looks upon our heart before he ever creates us in eternity, before time began. That's when he looked upon each one of our hearts. And that is when he predestined everyone each one of our lives accordingly to that. And so that's the truth of the foreknowledge of God. It's a very important truth to understand because, as I say, unless you have a, a clear grasping of that truth, that God knows everything intimately about his creation from the beginning, before time begins, well, then predestination becomes a, a hard concept to, to grasp. Um, but once you understand that God does it, based on his foreknowledge of us. Well then, um, once again, the justness of God is revealed to us um, through his predestination. And that's as far as we're going to go with today's teaching. In our next teaching, we're going to have a look at the understanding of mankind when it comes to, because don't forget, we're dealing in this series with predestination as it pertains to the salvation of men. We're just looking at that aspect of mankind at this stage. And so we need to understand, right, God, now we understand that you, because you know us intimately, you predestine some for salvation, you predestine others for destruction. But the free will of man still has to be brought to bear. So how does that then come about? And we'll understand that more clearly as we get into the rest of the teaching. But we're going to end the teaching on that point today. Amen.